1: It's Straight Out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, Chelsea have to settle for second after Zenit strike late. We preview Saturday's game against Leeds, round up the rest of the Chelsea news, and do a quiz. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts, ad free on The Athletic, and coming at you harder than a Sam Kerr body check. This is Straight Out of Cobham. Hello again, listener. Here we go with our Thursday show then. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, joined by the Athletics' Liam Toomey. Hello. And the great Sam Parkin. Good morning. Right, later we'll hear from the BBC's Adam Pope on all things Leeds United. But first, let's get to Wednesday in wintry Russia.
2: Still time for Zenit. Some piece of bed. They go long towards Zupa. And into the back of the net. And Chelsea are pegged back. Right at the death. Well, there's a twist in the plot. We concede six
1: goals in two matches. We gave uh, four times the lead away in these two matches. Nobody can be happy today. Nobody. It's absolutely right now after the game. Not, not, not the moment to speak uh, about individual uh, performances. So nobody can be happy. Zenit 3, Chelsea 3, a bonkers game featuring some excellent moments and some really quite terrible ones. Uh, Ozdoyev's 94th-minute equaliser, the final strike in a six-goal thriller in St. Petersburg, which condemned Chelsea to second place in the group and thus, theoretically, a tougher draw in the round of 16. Uh, Liam, let's start at the end. Thomas Tuchel sounded pretty cross when he addressed the media after the game and he had cause to be.
3: Yeah, I di- I wouldn't have expected him to be... Any different, really? As as he said, a second consecutive match with Chelsea conceding three goals, and you know we know that they were two very different teams that took to the field, but um, but there were some there were some worrying signs against Senate I think even 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 though we're all aware that's not Chelsea's strongest team, a couple of things struck me really. Um, the first was it was a game that was reminiscent to me of. One of the wilder matches of the Lampard era. And I mean that in all of the good ways as well as the bad. Um, because I think in attack, they were more free-flowing and fluid than we've often seen under Thomas Tuchel. Um they were they were back to sort of some of the more um the less structured imaginative combinations that that we that we saw in Lampard's best days. And Timo Werner looked very lively, Lukaku looked um, a lot more comfortable operating next to another striker with Werner as kind of like the Lautaro Martinez figure in that system, and they scored three goals, so they got they had a good attacking day. Um, but on the other hand, you know they were the press wasn't coordinated enough. The team structure didn't hold up for ninety minutes. They were far too easy to play through at times. Pretty much, you know, one of the only things that that wasn't uh the same as some of you know one of the wilder lampard games was that Kepper was really good, I thought, <laughs> despite conceding three goals. He he had very little chance. I know people criticised him for the last one, but that shot that Ozdoyev, you know, hammers in for the late equalizer, that is a shot that Chelsea have not given up under Tuchel. Central position just outside the area. Chelsea don't do that. They get bodies in front of those those balls, or, or they stop it even getting to the man. And I think that was just a, a broader sign of the defensive deficiencies that, that are, will really be frustrating, Tuchel.
1: People really criticising Kepper for that last goal? It was amazing, amazing strike. He got a little touch on it too. Um, Sam, I know you, you were on uh, Football League duty on Wednesday night, so you got in late, put the game on to watch it for the purposes of the pod. You probably rubbed your eyes in disbelief and thought, hang on, it says here Sal's playing left wing-back and Rhys James is in central <laughs> midfield. It was... um. It was random, but but necessary, given the, the injury problems Chelsea have got at the moment.
4: And I, and I rubbed my eyes even more frantically when Saul picked the ball up on the halfway line with 30 seconds on the clock and and drove forward like a, a peak Ryan Giggs. Um, so I thought that was, well, I was hoping that was a sign of things to come, but his performance plateaued a little bit in terms of um, positioning more than anything. And just very one-paced, um, which... You know, you want a bit of dynamism in that in that left-hand side position. Um, and Rhys James, as, as Liam just touched on there, obviously he was guilty of, um, I think, playing square, giving the ball away, end of the first half maybe. That was a little bit of catching because that's where one of the goals came from. Ross Barkley doing the same. Loftus-Cheek did that at Watford. It's not something I'd associate when you've got Kante, Jorginho or Kovacic in the side so secure. In possession, so um, that was a little bit of a frustration. And of course, as Liam just mentioned there, that that position where the equalising goal came from, you'd expect one of your defensive midfielders or two of your defensive midfield players to be occupying that that um, area of the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, I've not seen them as ragged as that all season. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, but it it could have been four uh, goals in that first half. There was four big chances, and Kepper came to the rescue. And Werner came to the rescue last night. Those two guys aside of the fringe players, if I can call them that, who can be knocking on Thomas Tuchel's door? Because I'm sure that goes on at Premier League level as it does throughout the divisions. If you're not playing, you're sat on that bench and you're disgruntled and your attitude can can waver around the training ground. You've seen kind of, I can think of Alonso sat on the bench during this run when Ben chilwell has been playing and he's not looked best pleased. And it goes on, you want to be playing. Nobody's got the uh, uh, nobody's got the right to be banging that door down after that last night.
3: You'll be interested to hear Sam and Matt that um, Chelsea's XG against was two point two six, which immediately struck me as one of the highest since Tuchel took over. Um, and apparently, my colleague James Benj um, tweeted that it's only the second time Chelsea have given up more than two expected goals against the other time was against Liverpool at Anfield earlier this season when they played 45 minutes with 10 men. So I think that gives you a good idea and obviously Zenit are nowhere near as good as uh, as Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool in full flow. So it gives you an idea of, as Sam said, just how ragged Chelsea were and how kind of uncharacteristic a performance this was without the ball.
1: Looking for Lille, I guess, when the draw is made. Liam, uh, in terms of opponents trying to avoid Bayern Munich, even Real Madrid looking all right these days. Obviously, Chelsea put them out last year, but but everybody who finished second in their in their group is surely going to be hoping they get the French side.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I would consider Chelsea one of the four best teams in Europe and three of them are in England. So they couldn't have played Man City or Liverpool anyway in the next round, whether they'd won the group or come second the the real danger of finishing second is you could get Bayern very early and they are the other one of the four. Um, having said that, you know Chelsea are, are in a position where they shouldn't be afraid of anyone in this competition. They they won it deservedly last year, um, beating everyone who was put in front of them convincingly. So I think I think if they do get drawn against Bayern, you know you'd be looking at, at February, having all of your big guys back ideally certainly having that midfield strength back established in the team. And you'd fancy your chances to, to to take them down over two legs. But whether you want to be playing one of the four best teams in Europe in the round of 16 of the Champions League is another question. And, and Chelsea could have avoided that if they'd taken care of business in Russia.
1: Yeah, really frustrating to finish second to Juventus after beating them 4-0. Uh, we, we mentioned some positives though, Sam. You're the number nine amongst us. How big was that goal for for Romelu Lukaku? Obviously, it was just a, a tap-in, but it, it ends the conversation about how long he's been without a goal, if nothing else.
4: It does. And yeah, I'm sure he'd be pleased about that and to have the the, the combination with, with Werner um, looking a bit brighter. I'd, I'd love to see them paired for a few weeks because he looks like he needs minutes still. I thought he was a little bit sloppy with the ball into his feet on occasions and I don't know if he's lost a little bit of fitness having missed some training time um, and, and hopefully he can get back to that level quickly that he, he showed when he arrived back at Chelsea. I think there's more to come from him being really pedantic. I don't think he actually caught that tapping. Um, it, it, it looked like it might skew wide for a, uh, for a moment, a, a very worrying moment but um, fortunately it hit the back of the net and him and Werner should feel good about things. And there's, you know, there's been there's been moments, hasn't there, ZX coming on against Watford and scoring, obviously Mason Mount's goal at West Ham, but is there three players that are, are grabbing those shirts right now? Probably not, probably not. So go with the guys that are most informed most recently, if that makes sense. And it would probably be the three that started um, last night's game, in, in my opinion.
3: The one final thing I'd say about that Zenit game, uh the other big takeaway that I had from that game was was that it kind of underlines that as good as as deep as Chelsea's squad is, no squad is impervious to you know the slings and arrows of of injuries, particularly when they are targeted in one area of the pitch. And we've we've referenced you know Jorginho Kovacic Kante being out. This is the first time in Tuchel's reign that all three of those players have been sidelined at the same time. And I think you're really seeing how it's changed the identity of this team. And they don't have other players in this squad that are clean fits to to do that job to to anywhere near the same level with and without the ball. The Rhys James pivot experiment was an interesting one, but I don't think you can say it was a, you know, a rip-roaring success. Saul has looked completely lost in the middle of the pitch since arriving at Chelsea. Um and then, you know, we've seen more than enough evidence at this point that Ross Barkley is not suited to that kind of deep controlling role, That's that level of defensive responsibility. So there, there aren't any easy solutions to, to, for Tuchel. I think he he just has to hope that Kovacic gets out of uh, the COVID protocols quickly and we don't quite know when Kante will be back yet. So so hopefully that's soon.
1: Yeah, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek pulled up lame in the uh, in the warm-up as well on Wednesday night. So difficult times for Chelsea, the brutality of the Blues December schedule has been the hot topic for weeks. Things don't get any easier as Chelsea welcome Leeds to Stamford Bridge on Saturday. We'll look ahead to that after this.
0: This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: Great game of Great game here. Chelsea coming from behind. There the Chelsea fans. The victorious Chelsea
4: team. Pull marks to a side that can come from behind and win.
1: A Chelsea versus Leeds United conjures up images of that famous 1970 FA Cup final, doesn't it? Uh, well, not for, for me, because I wasn't alive, but still heard all about it. The BBC described it last year as the most brutal game in English football history. No doubt that it's fueled the rivalry which has existed between the clubs ever since. We're an affable bunch, though, so we welcome our friends from Yorkshire onto the pod, specifically in this case, the BBC's Adam Pope. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us. Uh, How disappointed is Marcelo Bielsa going to be that he doesn't have Frank Lampard to try and out-psych this weekend?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that is, for him, it was... uh... It was an relevance last season. I think. I think it was more for Frank the way he was spending most of the time during that victory at uh, Stamford Bridge, looking at the opposing dugout. But uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it is now certainly by so largely forgotten. It won't be by fans, of course. But uh, but yeah, different different animal under Tuchel. But yes, it was uh, it was something that raged, didn't it, from the Derby County days through to the, the Chelsea days. Thankfully, it's all put to bed as that spygate thing now. Well, for a while.
1: All good fun, wasn't it? Uh, other than injuries, what are your theories behind why Leeds have struggled so much at the start of this season compared to how good they looked last?
2: Yeah, I mean injuries is is a big factor, and even Bielsa has admitted that. You know, having say six is a is unusual. You know, he normally counts on losing four, but. Other than that, Matt, what I would say is that you know some of the players haven't fired quite the same way. I mean, Stuart Dallas was nine out of ten last year. Uh, as we know, this year, for example, it, you know, he suffered a really close bereavement to a, a close friend. And I think, uh, you know, he was quite candid in admitting that that, that had affected him. Uh, I think COVID has hit certain players twice. Mateus Clipp, for instance, too. So, so that's been a factor. Um, I don't get this second season syndrome at all. They're still trying to play the same way. Their problem has been they haven't really put a 90 minutes together until recently. And now we're starting to see something like the leads that we saw last season.
1: Uh, Patrick Bamford's recently come back from, from injury, a, a, a former Chelsea player, sort of. Uh, why is he so important to Leeds? Bielsa absolutely loves him, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, and he's one of these players that, I mean, has done throughout his career, has divided people too. Uh What he does for Leeds is that the press starts so high it starts with him. And in his absence, which has been for more than two months until last weekend... Um, it was really noticeable that the ball wasn't sticking. And, and that's been the major factor that it just hasn't been that focal point in front. He's tried a few things: Rodrigo, Tyler Roberts, even Dan James, who's coming from Manchester United, has been playing at nine for a bit, but nobody can quite do it like Patrick. And don't forget, last year, you know, he got what 17 goals as well. So been a big miss. And you know, you saw the, the joy and the jubilation when he, when he scored, you know, at the weekend because he, he's so needed. Um, looks like he's going to be out there as well for a little while since then. We'll find out more later.
4: Adam, I'm going to uh, want to ask you about one of the unfashionable areas of the pitch, the centre of, of midfield, Chelsea's problem area at the moment due to, to injuries. Um, Forshaw seems to have hit the ground running since he's come back. Um, and also Calvin Phillips, is he over his little spat? Was there a spat with the, the boss? How are they looking in that department, which I think will be obviously important in this big game?
2: Yeah, for sure has been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, to be out for two years and then come back from you know playing championship football, let's face it, to to, as you say, hit the ground running, Sam in the in the in the Premier League and looking like he's never been away. I mean, it's incredible. What he's like a metronome for me, he keeps everything ticking over nicely, he keeps it simple, but keeps it going forward as well. Never loses the ball, very, very rarely loses the ball. It's a phenomenal... It's, to be honest, Sam, it's one of my... If you're going to pick three things this season that I will look back on, or this year that I'll look back on, will be the applause he got after 88 minutes against Leicester when he came off Ellen Road the other week. I mean, everybody was so relieved for him that he'd got through, if you like, almost the 90. And and, and done so well and he deserves his place. So that's a huge bonus. Calvin Phillips now looking at a lengthy spell on the sidelines as we understand waiting for the exact details some say it's a hamstring some say it's a calf but we'll know uh, today big big blow nobody does what calvin does sam um sitting in front of the back four or sometimes even sitting in the back three but that ability to intercept destroy and create there's nobody quite like him um they've tried a few others pascal stroug for instance um now, Adam Borges might be able to sit in there, but nobody's got the complete package like him. So without him, I think it's going to be a really tough sort of December, January and, and maybe beyond as well.
1: A tough period coming up, but but Leeds will be encouraged by Chelsea's recent struggles, won't they?
2: Yeah, but I think that the one thing that we, we feel about Chelsea, I would say, from the Leeds perspective last year was the was probably the game where we thought wow the Premier League is on a different level Leeds started well of course went to Stamford Bridge I know they took the lead but ultimately Chelsea was so superior in the end and it was a bit of a, a humbling sort of experience the first time you really thought, wow there's a long way to go for Leeds to be able to compete at the top end of the Premier League yes 3-3 last night I suppose quite a change side's so going to you know, change things around a little bit in terms of perspective, the defeat to West Ham. But, you know, ultimately there's there's a feeling that Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, all of whom Leeds have got to play away in, in December are in a different stratosphere this year. So nobody's under any illusions that it's going to be, be difficult. But we were speaking to Tyler Roberts just yesterday. and There's, there's certainly an element of, um, yeah, excitement going into the games, no fear. And there's definitely a bit of revenge because... Uh, At Ellen Road last year, he could not believe he didn't score his first Premier League goal when Mendy made that absolutely unbelievable save under the bar, uh, which protected a point, of course, for for Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I think there's every chance that he, now that he's back in form, if you like, will probably start either up front or at 10 against Chelsea, obviously, depending on the Patrick Bamford situation. But no, there's certainly no fear from Leeds. But I think you have to say that they're going in as underdogs into this game against Chelsea. There's no doubt about it.
3: Adam, I wanted to ask a little bit about the fan perspective going into this because we're we're all well aware of the historic rivalry and an ill feeling between Chelsea and Leeds. But I wanted to get your impression of how the Leeds fans kind of greeted the return of of battles against Chelsea last season and and what what they could what we could be in store for this season again in the two meetings between the teams.
2: Yeah, it is a very interesting historical sort of animosity, isn't it? And look, people know that the the ancient or the arch rivals, Manchester United, for Leeds, but but Chelsea is a special one, and I know, and um, Matt, you referred to it there at the top with the, the 69-70 final, which went to replay, and then it was and it was brutal. Um, the Ken Bates factor is a huge one as well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I mean, you, you know, he was not light when he was at Leeds United, and and the and the Chelsea connections that came in, on top of it, and of course, there's the famous song about you know, father telling son to go and get his gun and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, it's there and it'll always be there. Frank Lampard sort of reignited it all with his antics too. So uh so so yeah, it's still very much there. I think last year, because I think the Chelsea game was the first game back with fans, um, too, and although I think it was two thousand, it seemed to be double that inside Stamford Bridge. Um, I think also that gave a little bit of a taste of what it what it could be like, but really it's going to be this year where we where we see it again. And there is an animosity. I mean, it's a song that gets sung a lot. You know, the Chelsea connection isn't liked. and they're just just as you think it might be fading away, there's always some Chelsea connection that comes back to uh, to sort of re- reignite the flames, really. But I, I wouldn't say that I feel that there's anything particularly different about this particular game at the weekend. I don't. I, I don't feel that. I, I think people are just concerned at the moment that Leeds need to get back on track and and rediscover the form that they did last year. Which, to be fair. Um, Liam and, and Matt and, and Sam and Lucy they, they've, they have done that in patches in recent times you know the run at the moment is not too bad and I think yes dropping two points against Brentford was was not ideal they deserve to win the game but ultimately they're not that far behind where they were last year it's just that December looks a bit frightening when you look at the fixtures that's all
1: it's a fascinating gaming prospect Adam thanks so much for your time today pleasure well, no trouble an audience with the Pope there. We bring you the very best guests on straight out mm-hmm. of Cobham. Uh, in terms of the Chelsea team for this one, then, Sam, you've alluded to it there. You go Werner nailed on, I suppose, after his performance. And, and you're having him and Lukaku as a two for this match, are you?
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, you know, a lot comes down to the travel and the, the training and the, the schedule and... Um, Yeah, who's looking sharp in training? I'm sure sure it's more, you know, probably down to the sports scientists and the physios at this stage. But yeah, I I would stick with that. I think Havertz obviously uh, good at Watford, not so you know, and obviously withdrawn at at West Ham. And um, yeah, I think if you're looking at players that are in form, that could start the game, give you the structure that you want, and give you that goal threat, and try and build an understanding between Werner and Lukaku it's something we spoke of so often the early part of this season when Lukaku returned could he replicate what he had at Inter Milan with Martinez would that benefit Werner well yeah it's not the game with the highest stakes maybe last night that Chelsea going to play this season but surely that's what we wanted and what we were crying out for two goals and an assist get him in the side and and Lukaku to me looks like he needs money um, needs minutes does definitely doesn't need money up against an opponent that's um, that struggled a little bit this season.
1: Uh, Liam, I'm going to go bold and say we won't see a back three of Azpilicueta, Christensen and Saar on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I suspect not. Particularly Saar, um, in that he had some really costly defensive lapses. Um, yeah, that unit had very little chemistry, did it? I tweeted at half-time that was a great first half for Rudiger's agent. because um, he. Yeah, Chelsea have not looked good without Rudiger. For quite a while. Um, we'll see. You expect the big guns to be back defensively, but I think it comes back to what, if any, solution Tuchel can find to the middle of the pitch. Like, does he even put Andreas Christensen in central midfield? Just to have someone who, yes, we know Christensen will probably play quite safe passes. He won't um he won't control tempo as effectively as, you know, Chelsea's three top guys in that in that position, but he is reliable in terms of not giving the ball away and he will get the sort of basic mechanics of Chelsea's system moving. So that, that's maybe something you could do, but there, there isn't a, 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 clean, um, a clean solution to all of this.
1: Three o'clock kickoff at Stamford Bridge on Saturday. Always something to say about those. We'll react to it in Monday's pod, of course. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra,
0: the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to michelobultra.com/courtside to learn more. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub
1: As well as the men, Chelsea women were in Champions League action on Wednesday. They hosted Juventus at King's Meadow. A frustrating night for the Blues. A stubborn Juve side held on for a 0-0 draw. It means Chelsea have to avoid defeat away to Wolfsburg next week to be absolutely sure of qualifying for the knockout stages. Uh, the key takeaway from this game, Sam. Sam Kerr versus the pitch invader. Uh, an idiot got onto the pitch, tried to take some selfies. and So Sam just knocked him over. Harsh booking, I thought. Did you ever have to deal with anything like that in your playing days? And-
4: no, just just jubilant um pitch invaders. In the, <laughs> yeah, I can remember a few good ones. One at Adams Park once in the, in the rain a late a late winner for Swindon. Um one at Elm Road actually. That's a bit more pertinent, isn't it, for for the listeners and considering what's on the horizon. That was good. League Cup tie. Um but no. I mean this is a bit unprecedented, isn't it? I'm not sure I'm not sure what I can say about it other than it was highly amusing.
1: She's she's perfectly entitled to do that Liam isn't she I think I mean I can sort of see why the ref booked her but at the same time as Emma Hayes said your first thought's got to be about your own safety and that of your pals you can't just have random people wandering onto the pitch doing whatever they like
3: Yeah and we also don't have all the context to what happened um like we don't know if if words were exchanged you know once the once the person ran onto the pitch from the limited, like from the sort of shaky cam footage I saw, they did seem to be sort of swaggering about a bit hmm. um, and maybe asking for some sort of intervention from someone. Um, but it was quite funny just to see Sam Kerr absolutely body them to the floor. I mean, it wasn't, and I, it, it was just a kind of get off, get off the pitch. It wasn't, it didn't seem overtly violent to me. So I think it's fine. I'd love to see uh, like a, a body charge challenge
1: like that between Rhys James and Sam Kerr and see who came <laughs> off um, who came off worse. Probably never happened, but there we go. Uh, elsewhere in Chelsea news, the men's team will begin their FA Cup campaign with a home tie in the third round against National League leaders Chesterfield. And what was that we were saying last week about oh, Chelsea always getting a plum draw in the FA Cup? Uh, the FA Youth Cup campaign gets underway this Sunday. Ed Brands boys hosting Leighton Orient. It's a noon kickoff if you want to get down to Kings Meadow. For that one, at the under 19s, meanwhile, rounded off their UEFA Youth League group stage campaign away to Zenit on Wednesday. A one-all draw for them means they qualify for the playoff round of the competition, which gets underway next year. Alfie Gilchrist got the Blues' goal there. The draw for those playoffs take place next week. At no game for the under 23s this weekend. They're next in action against Manchester United on Friday, the seventeenth of December. Now that's the admin out of the way. Let's get to the reason we're all here: the weekly quiz. Uh, three questions apiece then. Chelsea and Leeds, the theme here. Liam, you're up first. In the corresponding fixture this time last year, 2,000 supporters were inside Stamford Bridge. Before that game, how long had it been since Chelsea had played in front of a crowd? I want it in months, please.
3: Oh. Um, so that was, what, November... Um... You were leading me to give you a clue I'm not going to play ball No, no, no. I'm I'm talking to myself I'm thinking out loud Um, So that was, I believe No, that was December Because it was the last Pretty much the last positive game under Lampard Um, And things shut down in March So I'm going to say Nine months
1: Absolutely spot on Well done Um, Really enjoyed producer Lucy counting uh, on her fingers the mumps there when she's actually got the answers to the questions on the (laughs) in front of her. Um, Right, Sam, here's your first question. You are going to love this. Name three of the four musical instruments that current leads and former Chelsea striker Patrick Bamford can play. Three of the four? Yeah. Violin? Correct. Cello? Nope.
3: You know, Liam, for some reason, clarinet came to mind.
1: Clarinet is not right. I'll give
3: you two more uh, guesses. I still so, can't explain uh, why it came to uh, mind. Is, is he cool enough to play the guitar?
4: Is it too obvious? <laughs> has he done that in the latest later part of his life?
1: Could play Flute. classical guitar. Flute. No. Triangle? I, 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 I'm, I'm going to move on from this. This has gone really badly. <laughs> guitar, violin, saxophone and piano. Blimey, uh, Pian- so, yeah.
3: He's one a one-man man band. band. Should have yeah, got that.
1: clever bloke. Right, unlucky, Sam. Right, Liam, here's your second question. Before last season, Chelsea hadn't hosted Leeds at Stamford Bridge since 2004. The Blues won 1-0 that day thanks to a Jesper Gronkjaer goal. Two of the Leeds starting eleven from that day are still Premier League players now. Well, one plays a fair bit, the, the other one not so much. Can you name those two former Leeds players still in the Premier League now? One very
3: much a squad player, one still player. James Milner's got to be one because he is Highlander.
1: Yeah, yeah. If, if there's a question about Leeds or a player who's been in the Premier League for an awful long time, the answer is invariably James Milner. So, yes, that's one. You need to get both to get the point.
3: The other one. 0-4, um... so
1: it's longevity.
3: Wondering if it's a goalkeeper.
1: Again, trying to lead me to give you uh, a clue. No, no, no. I'm just thinking, just <laughs> thinking.
3: Yeah, I'm looking for your poker tell on the Zoom. <laughs> Um, no you know what I, there isn't even a name in my head Sam uh, got nothing for you all I can see is Stephen McPhail
1: not a bad <laughs> shout but it's not right it was Scott Carson oh I just
3: thought he, uh, yeah was. I thought it was a goalkeeper
1: he's, yeah 12th choice goalkeeper or whatever
3: I actually <laughs> forgot he was
1: at Leeds <laughs> I mean he's been everywhere Scott Carson hasn't he that's the thing uh, 1-0 to Liam then here is your second question Sam For whom did Michael Dubry score more goals for? Leeds or Chelsea? Well, he scored at Old Trafford.
4: Michael should have saved it. I should have asked him this when I shared a dressing room, shouldn't I? (laughs) Subsequently in Scotland, but we didn't speak about football much. Mainly where we were going to go and eat in Glasgow. Um... Leeds, I can definitely see him getting what I think he got two or three at Chelsea. I'm gonna go Chelsea.
1: And lucky it's Leeds he got.
4: Oh four my for Leeds goodness. You aren't gonna throw it over to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's like a fifty fifty like that, I I feel like yeah, it's not worth it. would have been a team Timo Werner tapping this is tough today <laughs> uh, Liam here's your final question so you still one nil up I mentioned the so this is to win it in fact we'll, we'll do the third question for Sam anyway should you do I mentioned the much vaunted 1970 FA Cup final between Chelsea and Leeds earlier after a 2-2 draw at Wembley who got the winning goal in the replay at Old Trafford oh come on you're winding me up remember Liam's 15 Sam so he might not remember it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he only
4: gets a point if he gets the thrower as well, and the near post flick on.
1: <laughs> Listen, for, for, from the look of the expression on Toomey's face, he's he's not he's not plucked it out the air straight away. I think this could be uh, this could be a problem. Is it David Webb? It was David Webb. Yeah. Blimey. It's <laughs> uh, an easy one for you to finish off, Sam. Just 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 to get you on the scoreboard. In January two thousand and two. Chelsea beat Leeds 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. Ida johnson got the first that afternoon. Which Italian got the penultimate of his six Chelsea goals to make it 2-0? Genuinely annoyed by that third question for Lim Zola
4: Di Matteo. You got it, Liam. Six, I, I
1: missed the first goals, half of the question.
4: Six goals, 2002
1: Italian. In January 2002, Chelsea beat Leeds 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. Ida Johnson got the first that afternoon. Which Italian got the penultimate of his six goals to make it 2-0? No, I've gone blank. If I was going to say that you'd done well in pigeon Italian, this is what I might say.
4: <laughs> no, name? Liam, just answer it because I've gone... <laughs> no. Nah. I was going to say, if it was only
3: six goals, I was going to say Casiraghi incorrect
1: it. was Like, like random that. random player uh, that's all I had bit.
4: he only got one though. yeah he did way uh, at Liverpool yeah. wasn't it or was that yeah. where he yeah. got injured Phil Bab anyway
1: Babb. it's not Kazaragi, it's not Phil Bab it was Sam Dalla Bonner
4: oh, oh yeah, of course. I used to drive him around West London for five <laughs> years
1: I didn't have a driving
4: licence was
3: he, not, was he not banging on about the six goals he'd got? <laughs> oh no, they, they were in his future at that point. Hey,
4: I'll tell you what he was doing, Liam, was lashing in balls from 30 yards in every youth <laughs> or reserve game I ever played with him. The best strike ever. Not the best driver,
1: clearly. But he never passed his driving test while he was in London.
4: He certainly enjoyed his lifts to uh, South Ken or wherever he was staying at the time in somewhere a lot more swankier than I was.
1: All right, well, Liam gets the win there. Uh, Sam's slightly bitter about the nature of the questions, but uh, there we go. You guys love your your chance to to get revenge on me and Lucy in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Chelsea content available on The Athletic now includes Dom on Rom sort of getting his mojo back last night and Flo Lloyd-Hughes on a night of concerns for Chelsea women against Juventus. If you aren't currently, a subscriber to theathletic.com slash Chelsea pod is the place to go. To become one. Uh, Sam, what game are you going to be at the weekend somewhere, presumably?
4: Uh, I'm doing the youth team on Sunday. Looking forward to that. And um, Luton against near-neighbours Fulham on Saturday afternoon.
1: It's about time Chelsea won the Youth Cup again, isn't it? It's been a, been a few years. They'll, they'll be amongst the favourites. You'd expect them to get past Lake Norian?
4: Yeah. And this is, I always say it, the old cliche, but I think it still stands up. It's the one they they look forward to the most, I think. And it's the one that's probably provides the most pressure for the coaches as well, because you want to keep it going and emulate what Jody Morris and people have done in recent times. So yeah, the players will be looking forward to it. The schedule has been ridiculous recently. So again, they we'll be in that office today, um, juggling which players are available, who's needed for what teams and who's played the most minutes, because it's been pretty relentless with all the traveling.
1: Uh, Liam, being a law-abiding citizen, you'll have to wait for match of the day before you can see the best bits of Chelsea versus Leeds.
3: I was just thinking, I I think the Premier League should do like a a journalist paternity subscription uh, to like the same feed that the bookies have for these Saturday 3pm games to to stop me resorting to uh, breaking the law. Not that I do that, of course.
1: Um, I'm sure that's probably available. (laughs) <laughs> Cost about £50,000 per game or something like it does for a pub to show it, but yeah, I'm sure the Athletic will pay for that for you.
3: It would also be an astonishingly specific solution just for <laughs> me. Um, now, I was just looking at it thinking, like, you look at the fixtures Man City at home to Wolves, Chelsea at home to Leeds, Liverpool at home to Villa. Chelsea are probably going to have to win just to keep the table looking as it is.
1: Yeah, it's a big game. Really looking forward to it. I'll be at Stanford Bridge for that, and we will, as I say, react to it in Monday's pod. Until then, have a great weekend from all of us here. It's bye for now.
3: The Athletic.